Welcome to Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Tonight's episode, Hello, the Hades that Dante Built, recorded October 14th, 2020. Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo, and again, I'm Iris Carter, and this is Margot Ross Sears, and tonight's discussion is Hello, <laughs> the Hades that Dante built. Myths, legends, and religious manipulations created to control the general population with the threat of going to hell. And that's one <clears throat> hell of a topic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bada boom, I was a little on the nose there. <laughs> Hi, Deborah. Hi, Hi Jeannie. Hi, Dale. <laughs> Good to see y'all. So, um, yeah, this was a big topic for us to tackle, um, and we've been talking about, well, what do we want to include, and what, how do we want to cover this, and yeah, like reeling it back in, (laughs) that's another topic, that's another topic, another Um, day, hi, Randy, but but one of the things, you know, that I guess, in essence that we see a lot is you know people oh you're going to hell for that (laughs) and yeah i gotta share this the fact that there's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven says a lot about anticipated traffic numbers now <laughs> and when i was looking because i remembered that saying when i was looking for it i saw another one where there's a guy in a wheelchair at the bottom of the stairway to heaven and he's going you've got to be kidding you're me, kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> dang ain't nothing sacred <laughs> no hey janine hi tara <laughs> hello edie Good. Everybody's stacking up. Glad to see you guys. Yes. Awesome. So, you know, and, and I guess one of my personal things is I see a lot of people agonizing over what happens when you die and are you going to hell and do you really think you're going to heaven and and, what's actually in the afterlife or not what's the consequence is there a consequence yada 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 right exactly we get get that question a lot in our lives yes and so one of the things is um just a little bit of background is um okay we know uh jesus died in about 33 a.d and or not i'm sorry the crucifixion happened in 33 AD. Thank and, you uh, for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the popular and, and, belief system is that Jesus did something cool and interesting that was socio-political in, in 33. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it may have included death and it may not have, but anyway, that's right. a whole nother discussion like you just said. <laughs> but yeah. And also, we also, one of the things we wanted to clarify, too, is we are not experts. We are not, you know. We're not biblical scholars. Yeah. So, some of this is our opinion, but we dug and found some stuff to back up. Yeah. So, um, one of the things is 
that, you know, first of all, the New Testament was told as stories for years. Matthew was the first one that got put into writing and was estimated to be around the year 75. So people were playing the telephone gossip game for a number of years before stuff actually got put down. And we all know yeah, and we all know how yeah, and we know how accurate word of mouth is not really yeah. quick. So Very stories quick. telling and retelling yeah, it's going to have a thread of truth, but but we know human the way humans communicate, uh, we embellish, we forget, and the story changes. And, and then it's been translated how many times? Talk about lost in translation. <laughs> yeah, going from language to language, that alone drops anywhere from one tenth to one half of the meaning, just by estimation. Yeah. And, and so what you had was little pockets of Christianity all over the place. People had kind of been in hiding because Christianity was outlawed, you know, and Until. then, yeah, and so people were kind of taking their stories and taking what had been written and what they knew and what they didn't know and had to improvise with. Underground, and, underground, late at night, around the fire, yada, yada. Exactly. Very, so, very pagan. Yes. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> you want to talk about Christmas? No, we'll talk about Christmas closer. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, <laughs> let the holidays get closer, and we'll talk about pagan and Christmas. Well, yeah, that'll be. A, that'll, uh, yeah, that's an eye opener too. But anyway, you all know when we're talking about that. <laughs> Good one. I'm full of puns today. We, okay. yeah, we need a bell or something for when we say something. <laughs> sort of like a drum roll. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, so Emperor Constantine gets put in in what, 325, yeah. uh, and he says he forms the Council of Nicaea, which was this organization of because he 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 know he he made Christianity legal again, right? And, or legal finally, more and, legal, right? And so. He pulled together the council, which was representatives from all these little pockets of people that have been um, uh, talking. And so he says, you know, they get together and there's lots of screaming and yelling and fighting. And what they Political. essentially, Political yeah, yeah. Um, we find out that uh, they determined a consensus of their beliefs. They're the ones that decided when Easter would be and canon law and all these other little things that make up Christianity. That are, found, that that are foundational kind of, yeah. that are foundational in Christianity that right. did not exactly come right off the, the, the plate or the script that came out of the mouth of the Messiah. Exactly. That, that so, came out of the mouth of the Christ. And um, and then, you know, when you realize that Gutenberg didn't invent the printing press till 1400, you know. And, and in China, it was what? A few like hundred years one, it was 100, I think. It was like in yeah, 97. Yeah, a couple yeah. hundred years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So and that changed everything from Ill people being illiterate to, to more to more and more literate. But that was gradual. <clears throat> the population didn't suddenly become literate. 
And so, and, and you had a lot of people that were still passing things on by word of mouth until then. Yes. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. like, then you've got people, you know, the King James version, well, King James of England, he was around Shakespeare, 14, 1500, somewhere in there. And okay. he wanted an interpretation of the Bible. He's like, it's time for an update. And so, <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he got it. But, you know, and no. I think I've told this story before, but um, a, a woman that we both happen to know, she met this woman who was talking about the Bible and how much, you know, and which version do you like better? And, you know, and and the woman that she was talking to says, um, I like the King James Bible the most because it's most like Jesus himself spoke. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus spoke modern English. Yeah. <laughs> that whole no. Aramaic thing is baloney. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah, stuff like that makes my eyebrows fly around. <laughs> yes. Woo. And and Tara adds in here, they did this because Christians were slaughtering each other over the differences in doctrine. So not only you mean they like they not... still are, like we do today. <laughs> Like we've been doing ever since with what what what's the the Robin Hood? They went the Christians went to go kill the Muslims uh in the fourth crusades. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, same thing. And and I and in Ireland, the Protestant Catholic con conflicts that didn't abate till just a few decades ago. And then you got those like oh. Henry the Eighth. Hey, yeah. I want a divorce. We're yeah. leaving the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, and the Anglican Church arose, and the Lutheran Church arose, and so on and so on. You know, so, it's, so the Wesleyan it. Church de deviated, and then all the Puritans decided to come populate in the Americas, and now they had to deal with Native American paganism as well as European paganism. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, just goes on and on and on. Yeah, exactly. And so, so when you we look at all of this stuff going on and then what what do we think really happened i guess now would be a good time to show that little short video that we found um do you want to introduce the guy sure um you're gonna we're gonna show you a three and a half minute video of five points made by an authority his name is dr bart ehrman he is a professor, he is a distinguished professor of divinity at UNC Chapel Hill. He's written 30 books on the topic. He specializes in New Testament, but he also speaks, obviously, of Old Testament, because the New Testament is based on the Old Testament. <laughs> and um, apparently he loves to debate. He's also written college textbooks, pretty well-rounded guy on the subject of what is hell and Jesus and so on. And so this is a good foundation for some of the points we wanted to make. And so we thought, well, we'll, we'll let you listen to somebody else yap for a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Technically almost our first guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Fired up. Did Jesus believe in hell? The majority of people in America continue to believe that there's a literal heaven and a literal hell. 
those numbers are dropping, but it's still a majority belief, and most people assume that this is taught in, in the Bible. As it turns out, this understanding that you die and your soul goes to one place or another is not taught anywhere in the Old Testament, and it's not what the historical Jesus taught. Most people don't realize that when Jesus talks about an afterlife, it's not about your soul going one place to another. Jesus, like other Jews at the time, believed at the end of history as we know it, God was going to intervene in this world and destroy all of the forces of evil and bring in a good kingdom. And people who were alive would either enter into that kingdom for a utopian existence forever or would be destroyed. And people who were dead would be raised from the dead bodily to live in this kingdom or be destroyed. And so Jesus didn't believe that the soul went one place or the other. Jesus believed eternal life was lived in the body here on earth. Most people assume that uh, Jesus and his disciples uh, and the earliest Christians believed that uh, a person who was disobedient to God or was immoral or who didn't have faith would be punished eternally in the fires of hell. As it turns out, Jesus didn't think that. Jesus thought that if a person was disobedient to God, at the end, they would be completely destroyed, taken out of existence. There would be no conscious afterlife for these people. They would simply be done away with. And so Jesus did not believe in hell as a place of eternal torment. It seems odd to many people today, but the idea of a literal heaven and hell doesn't come from Jewish or Christian sources originally. It actually comes from Greek sources. It's first articulated most clearly actually in the writings of Plato. And the idea then that the soul goes one place or the other is part of Greek philosophy that eventually crept into Christian faith. But it wasn't originally part of the Christian faith and it doesn't arise out of Judaism. Two of the most influential thinkers in the history of our civilization are Socrates and Jesus. And it's interesting that both of them had views of the afterlife that were hopeful. Socrates taught that there are two options when you die. Either you enter into something like a deep sleep with no dreams, which is great. Everybody loves a good night's sleep. And this is like an eternal good night's sleep. Or you have a conscious afterlife in which you have the ability to talk with your ancestors and converse about deep things and think about interesting topics for eternity. And so it's either really good or it's good. It's good either way. Jesus actually had something very similar. Jesus thought that some people would enter into a utopian kingdom of God forever and other people would simply cease to exist. There's no eternal torment in either one, which means that there for both of them, there's nothing to be afraid of about the afterlife, but there may be something to hope for. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that's a good bit to consider when you're thinking about, you know, when people say, well, you know, who said what and who did what. I mean, that guy gives a lot a good foundation for yeah. it. For what wasn't but you can also put blame council on Nicaea Nicaea sorry for um um 
creating a method to control the masses. Yes. Yes. I mean, that, I mean, the people that were designing the writing of the book, <clears throat> their motivation was entirely political and or a power play uh, to control the uneducated masses at the time, uh, which <clears throat> harkens, <clears throat> excuse me, which harkens back to the lack of printing press uh, not being widespread for quite a while. Therefore, the only formally educated people were high-ranking people of royalty or high-ranking in the churches. Uh, either way, both factions were political groups that controlled and moderated and dictated the morality and the behaviors and the laws of the land. Either your king did or your church did. And then it filtered, you know, it, it filtered down to the village after that. Imagine so, religion being political. <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Oh so, I get what. Well, yeah, just a real, real quick. While we're um, talking about this, I can. We can see you guys. You did great. You know, Randy, Deborah, Tara, Angie, Dee Dee. Hi, yeah. Heather. Um, guys, comment. Ask questions as we go. Feel free to use the uh, comment sections or the chat rooms, whichever way you're coming at us, YouTube or Facebook, and uh, your insight or share your insights. It doesn't necessarily have to be questions. It can be your insights. So I just I wanted to invite you guys to uh, make comments. Tara started it off with a good with a good comment as well. So yeah. keep going, keep going, guys. <clears throat> Any insights uh, that you want to share or questions or um, topics for discussion yeah. along these lines. That's awesome. So, so Iris, where did you want to go next with this? <clears throat> One thing I want to talk about is the fact that demons and all that stuff that come into play with it um, and how they, they existed before and were kind of manipulated into these little bad dudes. They're what you're going to find when you go to hell. Right. Um, but I, you might have a better approach to that than I would as far as. Well, you're talking about bringing a little bit of hell, hell on earth. You know, yeah. some of the bleed, <clears throat> some of the bleed over, which is supported in a lot of belief systems. Randy asked for talk about Jesus and other lands. Uh, you go, oh Lord, buddy. Yeah, uh, Randy, you're asking us to talk about a whole another talk show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a huge topic, but it does tie into the fact that lots of cultures did have bleed over for heaven on earth and hell on earth, and we're um, part of what um, Iris is talking about right right now is, <clears throat> and what we're focusing on is the demonic side of life on earth and how that's a little bit of hell and the inherent um, helplessness that people sometimes feel when they think about such things as consequences of being going to hell and dealing with demons now or later and the psychology that goes along with that and also the lack of awareness that you have more choices than you may have been told. Yeah. So, and 
run with that yeah yeah and and it's and it's like you know people you know they watch the exorcist too many times and they're like you know oh my god i'm gonna get possessed or and and i've had um a couple of instances where well for example i had a situation where um another energy worker said i've got this guy who thinks he's possessed and i don't know that i want to work with that you know she was kind of creeped out okay. and i said i'll take it <laughs> and and it was and 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 what and okay this guy was in another state we were conversing on skype and sometimes we didn't even have the video on right um, but I could see, and I, I described to him this entity and how it was kind of like perched on his head. It was, it was almost like wearing a Batman cape. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. They had, like, they the, like the to try head to touch of the you. thing was like over his <clears throat> head. And it was yeah, they try, yeah. They try to touch you somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And it was just kind of like, and, and I said, you know, he's only there because you have some sort of subconscious belief that you want him there and i'm paraphrasing because i wouldn't do that to somebody you know well they want him <laughs> there or that they don't feel or they're vulnerable because they don't defend or they don't realize that they have a natural they have a natural defense not necessarily that they want it but although yeah yeah they could want it and but also case, they're just not aware yeah yeah and in this case the the thing gave the guy confidence he he got mm -hmm. a little more cocky and a little more, mm -hmm. you know, and he said, but that's not me. I'm not. And and I said, so you decide who you want to be and you, you know, and, and we, just, we did some digging to find, okay, you know, did you know that you can be independent and make your own decisions free of having something whispering this stuff in your ear all the time and gradually got it off of him um it still kind of lingered in a corner every so often because he wasn't ready to completely like let it go of the, power, of the power it gave him yeah yeah but but i could see this thing and i knew it was there and i've seen gargoyles you know sitting on mm -hmm. people i you know i asked a girl one time you know well what's going you on you, what's going on with this side of your head it's like well my ear hurts a little and i get a headache on this side sometimes like, hey, can we get rid of that gargoyle that's sitting on your shoulder trying to cause problems you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes you can actually feel it mm -hmm. yeah and and so stuff like that you know do people get possessed yeah and sort of in, in a and way to, and to different degrees yeah to different but, degrees which is which is true of of all of <clears throat> existence on earth nothing is exactly black and white there's shades of gray of how much involvement it is randy made a good point uh we he he made uh, his opinion or thought is we can create our own demons and can't a demon be destructive through patterns creating into an entity type form? We're also talking about, I think he's referring to like thought forms, negative thought forms. In other words, to summarize, wrap that up a little bit, is you're talking about something that you and I talked about earlier, Iris, and attracting 
negativity slash demon slash negative thought form or whatever you want to call it through your intentions, through um, what you believe, through um, buying into helplessness when you're really not. And we'll get to that more in just a minute. But yeah, Randy, you're making valid points. Um, he says he's seen shadow figures and feel the bad energies. Yes, because negative entities seek power. They seek energy. And there's two sources for it. People that radiate a lot of power or a lot of light. So <clears throat> the more you evolve, we call it flypaper for freaks. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. People with the more you evolve, like when you study theta healing or you study Reiki or you study meditation or you study some kind of theology, the more you evolve, the more you attract um, broken people or people with issues. And people, and sometimes those issues are, you know, negative based, demon based. It's just to use that terminology for, for this conversation. So as you evolve, you're you're become a beacon and these negative energies are attracted to you and and via injured people that they tend to uh, parasite on. They parasite on us because of two things. One, they need our energy, whether it's intentionally given or not. All right, and we'll talk about that more in just a second about alleviating that. <clears throat> and the other thing is, uh, they don't have their own free will. You do. You're a sovereign human. You're a sovereign sacred being. So you have free will. And therefore you can um, support other uh, energy beings unintentionally or intentionally. Uh, and you can also dismiss other beings, including these demonic forces, even ones that you feel like you created and or invited originally. So Iris, you know, I'm looking at the clock going by. Good Lord, time flies when you're having fun. I know. I know. <laughs> and this topic is huge, but I wanted to throw the ball back in your court a little bit about um, how and why uh, people can get away from such negative influences and demonic influences well Tip i think i think one you mentioned uh, uh free will right when we have free will and you know if if we didn't if if we were given free will and then god created whatever turned around and said but if you don't know what i'm gonna what i say i'm gonna punish you then we no longer have free will. Right. So right there is a big contradiction. And if you recognize, most people believe in free will. Um, and I also found in statistics, <clears throat> probably less than half of people believe that there's an actual hell. So that's. And those numbers are dropping. Yes, they're dropping continuously. But yeah. I think if you recognize that you know we we aren't being punished and we um and i'm looking at my notes here so i don't forget um and that you know all of this stuff was created by people as a way to control other people 
social, yeah, for monetary and power, you know, political power, mon financial power, social power, <clears throat> ego. Yes. For, e for ego-based reasons, absolutely. Which that's part of our incarnation here is to deal with our human... ego issues. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's and... why humans come to Earth at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so yeah. we want to recognize that we're in control more than we realize and that we don't have we're to more in control than we were taught ah yes. just to be even more specific yeah yes it's easier to control uh terrified people all right and that's a big statement that i'm making across the board but it's also a very obvious one that anybody over the age of five has already figured out terrified people are easier to manipulate, control, and dictate to. Yes. So and that's the threat of hell, hell and heaven. Right. This also brings me to another <clears throat> point that introduces our topic for next week, which is the, if you hear something repeated enough, you're going to believe it. You're going to believe it. So and our, it is casting a spell or a program or a download. And we'll talk about that more. Yes. Spelling is next week. Next week. Yay. <laughs> and um, I, and I also want to, yeah. So, so. So repetition is frequently used in. Lit, uh, in litany at, of the liturgy, oh, bunch, bunch of LL words here, <laughs> Yeah, of, of the main uh, religious institutions to teach people the doctrines of, of those belief systems that, that say that you have a punishment or a penalty for specific behaviors and rewards as well of heaven and hell, which recapitalize re-summarizing if that's the right way to say it re-summarizing what iris just said um that bypasses free will which is illogical based on what most humans know about what is a sacred being um sidebar another popular argument against that hell even exists or it doesn't exist the way it's been sold is the fact that God and the whole universe and the cosmos or whatever divinity you word you subscribe to is a benevolent one. And creators tend benevolent creators tend to not set up their creations to punish them. That would not be the definition of a benevolent God. So that in and of itself is also illogical and and another reason to go explore that there is something else besides uh, that type of punishment. Also, we got a comment from Dale Jean Stacy. Uh, by, yeah. by staying centered in love, aloha, we create quantum fields where we are constantly giving love and the universe then mirrors this love. And this is aloha consciousness where we give love and receive love by seeing, hearing, and feeling love in every moment. And that is an excellent, excellent point. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So that kind of ties back to the comment that, or the observation that 
Randy made, do we make our own demons? Well, yeah, we do. And I think another way to summarize um, what was what Iris just read from Dale and Jean, Jeannie, I don't know who wrote it, Dale or Jeannie, but <laughs> because they're both authorities on that on that topic. But we also create our own heaven and or love uh, in the cultural uh, aloha is another word for it in the Hawaiian uh, Hawaiian based culture. So <clears throat> the sacredness of love. Uh, so yeah, we can invite both. Again, free will. You can invite negative. You can invite positive. What you do about it, what you do with it, is also within your free will. So, I mean, Iris, if you want, maybe you could um, wrap us up with a little bit of uh, insight and advice about self-empowerment, about the free will choice about rejecting what doesn't uh, serve you. What doesn't yeah, serve you? Yeah, yeah, because and that is, you know, if you when people feel insecure or they feel like there's some negativity around them, you know, if you can recognize that you are empowered. And that nothing can hurt you regardless. I mean, doesn't matter what kind of being that nothing's going to harm you unless it has your some, permission. Your permission. And it might be on yeah. a subconscious level and you're going, well, I didn't know that I would <laughs> but yeah. but a lot of that is working through it now and being confident in the fact that you have the ability to recognize yourself for who you are and the powers that you have and the strengths that you have. I hear you saying raising your awareness, raising your consciousness about self. Yes. That's, that's another way of, of maybe I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You're you. doing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Another, it, yeah. Another reason is, uh, yeah, to raise your awareness, raise your consciousness about how incredibly powerful each one of us really is. And recognize that you can look this stuff up and form your own opinions. That's why we brought in yeah. that other video. And and while we're kind of talking, it's kind of going in circles a little bit, but there is so much out so there. Much. And yeah. then when you realize a lot of it's just chatter. And when it, what it boils down to is self-love and loving others in humanity. And then there's not the need for anything to come attacking. And, and yes. that there is, there can be peace here and there's peace in the afterlife. Exactly. But, yeah. You have choices, which is, again, free will. You have choices, you have choices, you have choices on both sides. Yes. Um, you will hear stories of people saying, I went to hell and came back and this is what I saw. I went to, I died and I went to the light and this is what I saw. Uh, yeah, they chose that. It, it's, there's a whole nother discussion about contracts that you subscribe to or that you can rewrite or not or follow or contracts or obligations or karma is another way to put contracts. Good karma, bad karma, all that stuff and how all those things inter interplay 
but all those things that I just named are still based on free will. <clears throat> you still choose uh, which ones you're gonna participate in. Um, another way of putting it is some people subscribe to getting off the karmic wheel. You don't necessarily have to keep riding that wheel, wheel of karma. Some people feel like you do uh, have to stay on there. Uh, nope. <laughs> so again, personal choice, what your education is, what your self-study is, what you, what Iris just said, raising your awareness rate under, you know, creating more space within yourself about how much power and choice you really have Excellent. on a daily basis, on a daily basis about everything, not just about consequential stuff. And then you go all the way back to one of our first podcasts about being triggered. <clears throat> Even that plays into this. <clears throat> because if you have control of yourself, you're not going to be triggered. And <clears throat> I know I don't want to bring you in have awareness of sentence, yourself. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, just to yeah, point control that of yourself, out. awareness of yourself, and Tara mentioned and love yourself. Yes. Those are all tools to get your self-awareness up and up and up for how powerful you are. Sidebar that's related, most people, when they start going down that journey, that path that we're talking about, one of the first obstacles they run into is worthiness issues, self-worth mm -hmm. issues. Am I good enough? Did I do it right? <clears throat> am, I, am I worthy? Um, and this, those are some of the questions that uh, mainstream religions have tried to answer that they eventually wrap you around to saying you're not worthy and you go to hell and you're born a sinner and you're imperfect and broken and you never can and you constantly have to seek, seek, seek outside, outside, outside of yourself <clears throat> for God, for salvation, for the word of, 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 of uh, doctrines and dogmas. And they completely bypass the fact that all of that sacredness eternally lives inside of each of us, that you are a sacred being, that you have the God light. In Christian terms, you are a child of God. Therefore, that means you're made of the same stuff God is. And take that however you want. And let your light shine. And let your light shine. And be the powerful sacred being that you really are. And realize that things like self-doubt and um, guilt and uh, shame and all these things are man-made labels evaluating, putting values on stuff via what is good and what is bad. And this is all man-made stuff. And we're talking about going beyond that yes. and realizing how incredibly sacred and powerful you naturally are 24-7 yes. since before you were born. So... so yeah. <laughs> with that i think you know we'll wrap it up because we're at 10 after now um quick reminder again next week words are important and we're going to talk about spelling and then in two weeks for our halloween edition it's going to be urban legends or real hauntings we're going to tell you what we know <laughs> and you can join us uh on, that wednesday night yeah that wednesday before uh, Halloween. Yeah. And 
um, we're going to pick a couple of our own favorite um, haunted um, stories, haunted stories, and and kind of analyze them what we know. And I've I've been with uh, haunted investigations and stuff like that. So we'll talk about some of the findings and what. Please and tell then us we're going to kind of do background. a reading. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um, if you've got any, good. as an audience, if you have anything that you want to ask about, bring it and we'll try to talk <laughs> about that too. So thank you. I know we had some new people come in tonight and old friends came in and it's awesome to see everybody. And thank you so much. Namaste. Blessings for all. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you for joining us for The Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Eyes of Indigo. Copyright 2020, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. <laughs>